happy Friday, my friend. I feel like I've been missing in action for the last, uh, feel like Lord of the Rings. I've only uh, just come back from a quest. Mate, uh, it, it was. I mean, last week you were MIA. I think the week before we didn't get a chance to connect either. So uh, it's been a couple of weeks for, for you and me and everyone. But uh, fantastic to, you know, see you up and at it and well and, and surviving, mate, kicking it. You, you, is it Freedom Day yet down there? Isn't it? Well, they, they call it Freedom Day, but it's uh, <laughs> can't figure out what the fuck's going on day, I think, down here at the moment. It's, uh, what do people I do with like, myself day? <laughs> do, do, you, do you put on a mask, Andy? I don't know. Uh, do you, can you go to a hotel? I don't know. Uh, apparently we're free, but listening to Mr Andrews this morning, he's gone, you know what, you're not free yet. I thought, oh, that's a wonderful thing to say, isn't it? That's, that's, Fantastic. Well, thanks really, for that. Really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a freedom yeah, day, but not yet. But wait, wait, no, there's no. more. There's some steak <laughs> knives, and I can tell you they freaking hurt a little bit. But, mate, apparently we're free. I, I, as you know, I, I wouldn't know too much about it. I've been sort of a little bit under the weather of, of recent, uh, coming up to the old double dose for me, but... Um, but mate, so thank you for holding down the fort while I've been MIA, and uh, and appreciate a number of you guys actually reaching out and 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 asking how I am, uh, and the other half going fucking hurry up and get back to me. Uh, so. <laughs> Who was that guy again? We didn't listen. Well, hang on. You know, if, if there's one, there was some, and if there was some, there's many, and if there's there was many, many exactly. there was a plethora. You know, that's just the way. You know, we've got to sensationalise some things. But, Absolutely, uh, thank, mate. Thank you to yeah. the person who uh, reached out to <laughs> ask how I'm one doing. Person. Well, Sammy Sager's filled in for you, mate. And um, uh, what are you drinking today? Before we kick off, folks, and into the wealth, wine, and wisdom, welcome along. Quick shout outs, Alison, Stephen, Shay. Hello, Shay's um, in. Yeah. Yep, she's here. And um, I. Hey, listen, my little drop today, it's a, it's a little bit feminine. Um, it's a little bit empty, um, mate. Yeah. <laughs> You're a few in already, are you? I haven't been drinking at all. You know what? You've made me feel so bad about my wine habits, Andy. I've now just turned to white wine because I can drink one glass and put it in the fridge. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I, I'll, I'll wait for the next episode when it turns into a slushy. Yeah. Andy Fenton's figured out how to every time I go to open a bottle of wine, it's like, mate, you can't drink that the day later. And I'm thinking, well, I can't drink it a whole bottle now. What do I do? <laughs> uh, well, there's there's somebody who said they're uh, water, Jason. So maybe it should be uh, uh, wealth, water, and wisdom. It's probably a little oh, bit more suiting. It's rose. Well, it's actually let me let me tell you, it's a very nice drop of wine. If anyone wants it, I don't know it's Sarah well, rose beautiful. or whatever it is, but it's roses. a very nice bottle. Look at that, and, and we poured a heap of them. So, and we had to drink them because we wanted to turn them into water bottles for our pool area. Anyway, there you go. That's quite beautiful, Jason. You're you're Thanks, quite the delicate yeah. flower there, mate. It's That's Shay's uh, wine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> save me, Shay. Save me. Anyway, well, why don't we get into it, mate? We do. We do have for everyone joining us. Uh, there could be a few of the mentoring clients on board right now. So the positive mentoring clients, give us a shout out, team. Uh, if you're here, I know Alison. Um, and uh, a few of you guys are part of the mentoring program. So great to have you guys here. This is our follow-up from the other night. Andy came and presented, which was, uh, Andy, our number one attended, highest attended mentoring this year. Thousands, Jason. Thousands of people. Well, it was pretty close, but over 350 actually um, <laughs> attended. And, um, you know, your... Your strategy work there was amazing and uh, we've got some follow-up questions and often, Andy, there will be more and more questions, I'm sure, but we're going to do our darnest today to 
to crack into that and um, have a little look at what that might uh, the answers might mean to those who are asking those questions. So we've got 16 questions to go through. But I thought as part of what we do normally, folks, you, you guys know the drill. We usually have a little bit of what's in the news, well, you know, well, things you should know and questions. Maybe before we do, Jace, it'd be interesting because it's been a few weeks since I'm out just so that uh, know that everybody's there. It'd be I'd be interested to know whether you'd be curious to figure out how you can potentially access a $220,000 tax-free income. Yes. Uh, but while whack it in the question box, if that's you, say yes or just a Y. The chat, the chat, the yes, chat box. Uh, yeah. Whack it in the chat box. And apparently, I was calling it something else the other, the other time. Jason reprimanded me. So please place that in the uh, in the in the chat box uh, when you when, when you're able. And let us know where you're coming in from as well. Whether it's uh, Victoria, whether it's New South Wales, let us know whether you know what's actually going on in the world and whether we can actually catch up with each other in person. But um, it'd be good to hear from many of you, Stephen, Michelle, Megan. Good to uh, to have you all on board. Yeah, who who caught it and who didn't catch it? How many on today didn't catch that? Because I think it'd be well worth it, Andy, for you to um, potentially cover about uh, you know what we what the overview was, and then we could dive into those questions uh, in a minute. Um, and I'm just trying to find this video for you, Andy. Just like I'm feeling a bit uh, distracted here, but um, uh, I've now found right, it in the wrong place, mate. You know, um, <laughs> live television. I'm under pressure. I'm like, shit. You know, where, where's this bloody thing? Anyway, well, that, that's all right. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you go into what's in the news, and then uh, as as we get into it a little bit later, that. you can see whether it's in the uh, in the in right the file. Place. Yep. Yes, yep. from Spain, Miles from Spain. He's coming in from Spain. I'm not. He's probably got more chance of actually getting to Brisbane than what I do. To be fair. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, Welcome, well, Miles. Yeah. Good. Good to see you uh, dialing in, mate. And um, and there's a few there, a few of the regulars. Michelle, good to see you. Um, yeah, no, uh, I think you're early uh, in Queensland time and and late in Melbourne time. So it's kind of it evens out really at the end of the day. Um, I'm still a bit put out with this daylight savings malarkey. Queensland's got to get its shit together with that stuff. But anyway, it's the cows, mate. It's the cows. It's the cows and the curtains. Um, we it. need to look after them. So. Got Chris in from Melbourne as well, so uh, a few of the good crew in here. Yeah how, yeah, how can you sneak into the GC? I know someone who's got a truck, Michelle, and you can just get in the back of it, but um, <laughs> we've got Graham from Wagga Wagga. Hey, Graham, I spent two years in Wagga uh, at the the, uh, the the RAF base there learning my trade many years ago when I was 17. That was a, that was a few years ago anyway there you go the, um, the military man and, and and michelle you know i actually heard that once upon a time it was easier to get out of east uh east east germany than what it is out of the gold coast at the moment so <laughs> i think uh it's quite oh. ironic they they built a wall around victoria in the beginning but now the wall's around queensland it's unbelievable lucky there you go. it's a good place to be yeah lucky it is a good place to be um if you're going to be you're going to be kind of isolated Queensland's not a bad spot to do it but uh Andy, mate, so I thought a, a couple of pieces of news that we might sort of talk about. One that you and I have talked about for a while, and um, this one's kind of been on our watch list for a while, and and uh, we uh, we've talked about once or twice. Is the world of decentralized technologies, and we've had a few conversations about these. You know, folks, you guys know well. You might not know what they are, but you know, um, non fungible tokens. NFTs, NFTs, 
um, Bitcoin, you know, uh, digital currencies, uh, digital wallets, uh, you name it, uh, blockchain, these things, these technologies. Andy, they have now got a market cap. Uh, I think, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, I saw this the other day, I should have taken a note, of $3.7 trillion collectively. Yeah. Um, and uh, like uh, too large to be ignored by governments. However, there is zero uh, um, regulation. Um, well, that's why they've got so much money in there, Jason. <laughs> yeah. where, well, where do you think? Where do you think the drug trade and the arms trade are actually uh, at these uh, days? You've got to get the yeah, arms where well, they're needed. There, there you go. Well, it seems that uh, the governments around the world and Australia is one of them is now starting to pay some serious attention, uh, serious attention to this space and going to. Uh, going to start some sort of framework for regulation and management of it. Now, you know, I'm a little bit of a pirate um, in in my personal opinions, but certainly, certainly I believe some sort of framework around this stuff is important for its future. Uh, I, I think it's it's going to change the world. We, you and I have talked about it um, endlessly, Andy. It's going to take a huge amount of friction out of our uh, out of our monetary systems, and these first few steps potentially could be the start of something insanely disruptive, um, which is already disrupting in significant ways. But um, you know, well, integration into the systems. I thought I'd get your opinion and thoughts on it, mate. Well, he, here's the here's the thing, and uh, I know I use that term a lot. A thing, <laughs> the thing. Uh, in my view. When it comes to the regulation of these technologies, I mean, just take a look at the shit show it's been about uh, QR scanning with COVID and lack of trust in government regulation. But And let, let's just have a look at how governments globally, not just in Australia, but actually yeah. globally, you know, in, in some of the, uh, the uh, Norlandic, Nordlandic, Norlandic, what, whatever those beautiful countries are with the, the women who are very tall and blonde and the men who are like Vikings, um, uh, also very tall and very blonde. Nordic. 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 Thank you, you Jason. Go. Icelandic uh, or Nordic. There you go. Nordic. Yep. That's it. Uh, they've, they've, they've sort of got a, a bit further in front of the game with the whole tech side of the equation, but you can't tax what's not tangible and you can't tax what you can't measure. Mm. And the, the challenge with regulation of something which is ultimately so fast moving is that the government actually need to be technologically advanced in order to be able to do it. So I would actually say that there's a multi-generational shift that's got to happen from a from a regulatory perspective in order for them to properly regulate the space. Now, I reckon that probably what we'll end up seeing is that they'll end up somehow the, the last point, kind of like GST, goods and services tax, they tax the last point in the cycle, mm. right? Uh, or the, the person that the last person in the cycle is the person who wears the end of the tax, right? The end good. And I, I reckon that probably that's going to be their first point of regulation is, is when the money comes out, how do, how do we regulate that? Everything in the middle of that is going to be extraordinarily difficult for them to maintain because of the momentum and how quick everything can shift. Uh, and also, they, they're going to need AI to be working in their favour in order to be able to manage this. So yeah. it, it's going to be a little be, bit sharper. Yeah. It's going to be, or they will try and make everybody go, come onto their version of Bitcoin, their version of Ripple, or their version of uh, 
Ethereum or or whatever the case may well, there's be. There's a few countries around the world having a crack at that, Andy, isn't there? Like you know, there's a few, and, and it might be successful. I mean, every country in the world's got a currency, so you'd expect potentially every country in the world potentially might have some sort of digital currency at some point. Maybe who knows? Um, yeah, what, I just what, thought you know what, it, it's an interesting conversation. Mine is really going to be which which one takes over first because you and I both said quite a lot uh, previously, maybe about fifty episodes ago. Can you believe it? Uh, that it's the the use of the underlying technology that'll probably become more prevalent before the use of the the actual currency itself. And where we're seeing a massive amount of acceleration at the moment is in the in more so in the NFT space, but mm. it's 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 sort of the same thing, blockchain based technology. And this is going. I think that we're going to see far greater leaps and bounds forward in the in the blockchain related smart contracts area than what we will necessarily in the currency side of the equation. Because until the government's smart enough, they're not going to be able to regulate it. Yeah. Uh, but the smart contract side is a really interesting place for them to start to play. And I think you know, small to medium businesses, you and I, and and everyone else should really be looking into that smart technology because. Jason, in a, in a world like where we are right now, where in theory, if we just plugged our uh, tax file number and our bank accounts into our Facebook profile or Instagram profile, we'd probably be able to buy and sell instantaneously property anywhere around the world. Like think, think about that for a tick. So think about yeah. Facebook as the block of our data. And if we had our, our currency and everything that's sitting in our Facebook profile, not saying that you should do that, just as a quick disclaimer, people, please <laughs> do not put your tax file number up and go, I would like uh, Facebook to have my tax file number. Yeah, not a good idea. <laughs> not, 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 not my best idea in the world. But think about <laughs> that and think about if then you could share that profile with anybody, and I'm using this as a metaphor, of course, you could share that profile with anybody instantaneously literally by the snap of a finger or by pushing share i'd literally be able to jason if you were over in one of the nordic countries and you had an incredible bit of real estate that i wanted to acquire in theory i would just be able to share my profile with you and we'd be able to through a smart contract which is just a digital contract instantaneously settle that thing and i think that you know with all of this stuff like bitcoin ethereum that's going to get all of the headlines but where the money's going to be made is in the smart contracts. That's my tip. Yeah, mate. Uh, it's interesting when you talk about that right now and uh, I'm just uh, ducking off to change or add a little uh, add a little thing to our conversation right now because you just reminded me of, uh, of this one thing. But, um, you know, the idea that uh, these platforms are taking hold or being these central places for this exchange of potentially information, um, you know, banking, whatever, like Apple, you know, Apple and Google have applied for their own banking licenses and I'm sure there's other, there's other um, uh, platforms doing it right now, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I, I don't know if anyone's paid much attention in this space of just recent times um, where um, the... Uh, platforms, I'm just going to drop this to my iPad right now, um, the platforms. 
just whack it in the uh, chat box now if you think that Jason's doing an amazing <laughs> job of multitasking. I, I, I actually, I'm, I'm quite impressed, actually. He's managed to keep the sentence going with a few ums and ahs here. A few ums and ahs, but uh, the platforms are fighting each other for eyeballs and, you know, a- advertising and marketing dollars, Andy. Um, and uh, we do a lot of this stuff in our businesses, talking about, you know, getting in front of the right client and so on. You know, you and I have chatted about this multiple times. Um, but uh, it's an interesting one. Facebook, Google and Apple have just had quite a stoush over the last year uh, about privacy, about people's data. You know, there's some big question marks around these things. And and just linking these together while you were talking about that very thing, oh, I'll put my stuff into Facebook. Well, you know, I think, I think one of the first ones that are going to do that is Apple. Um, and um, they've actually made the manoeuvre. Uh, I'm going to sort of quickly switch well, mate, this you might to... Need to make that a little bit bigger. That, that yeah. looks like a very pretty graph. Uh, let's, let's whack this in here and I'll, I'll whack that up there. So, you know, the Apple um, has pushed the caps, uh, push, pushed out Facebook to hold people's privacy on their networks, right? And you can see... Um, only in the last sort of six months since uh, Apple has released its uh, latest updates in its iOS software to say, hey, do you want to share your personal data with all these other people, these third-party um, apps? You know, do you want to share it? Um, yes or no, because we're going we're gonna to just stop, stop these guys taking all your third-party data. And boom, it was 95% of the world said no for sharing their data onto these other third-party apps and then it was on-sold and then used and, you know, cross-pollinized and whatever. So have a look at this, Andy, since April 21, in the world of networks, um, the percentage, it is insane. It's almost tripled its share of market from around the 20% to 60% of the market on their platform where they own now the client data. They are the leader in privacy. So imagine Apple launches its own crypto or gets its own smart contracts or gets its own banking license. It's coming. It's coming in this space. I reckon there's an incredible business lesson to be learned here uh, as well. Uh, Because I reckon I know the reason why. Mm. Put it in the chat box if you if you think you know the reason why Apple uh, is actually the one that's getting the uh, and I've read some articles around this the the most amount of users actually saying yes I want you to use my data and I think I know the reason why for, for this it, not implicitly but I, I believe hundred uh, percent I've actually given this some thought uh, but my view is that uh, Apple's so every other platform on there. They take your data and they use it to their advantage. Apple actually take your data and use it to try and make your life easier. Mm. So Steve Jobs once had a closed architecture idea for Apple because he didn't want anybody else destroying the user experience. Now, that was the one thing that set Apple apart for generations. But obviously, they needed to evolve as the world went into an open API, open architecture 
type of work. And they've transitioned really well and really quickly, like 10 years it really took them to transition. Yeah. But when you use an Apple device, how much easier does your life become if you allow it to share your data across multiple apps, across multiple platforms, across your computer, to your iPad, to your phone? It actually facilitates an easier user experience for you. So it makes your life better or easier. Whereas Google showing you the right stuff to buy and chasing you around the internet maybe doesn't actually do that. that that's, my, uh, that's my belief as to why I think Apple is, is crushing this space. Well, and uh, Andy, I don't know if you, and I'm, I'm a massive Apple fan, by the way, folks. So I love, I love the Apple, Apple world. And, um, you know, some people hate it. Some people love it. Some people are whatever in the middle. Um, but uh, when Apple launched its um, uh, watch, and they launched uh, i uh, i i fitness i health i can't remember the the app that, that goes with it um, within one week the number of people who signed up for um, uh, a, a health study was the largest health study in human history in a week because of that technology right wow. um, and it was to do with um, heart attacks and early warning signs and whatever right so the largest health study in history in under a week, like that, like that. And, and you know, we've been trying to do health studies for thousands of years or whatever, and then one little thing, boom, here, the app and the watch, it goes together, boom, and people gave away their, their, their health data. So Apple, you know, um, you know, who knows, you know, whenever, when corporations, when anyone gets too much power, it, it corrupts. What, what's the saying, uh, Andy? Uh, power, uh, power, power ultimately corrupts, but ultimate power corrupts ultimately, or something like that. Anyway, there's a saying that I, it's a it's a saying, but you know, anyway, it's probably a saying written by governments. But anyway, um, the, <laughs> let's not dive down that hole. But anyway, uh, I thought it was a good piece of news, Andy. We should get on to um, uh, our 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 uh, follow up conversation. Because I think you and I are going to end up talking about this for another two and a half hours. <laughs> Mate, I, I think that's an incredible stat, and I and I believe that uh, there that to me that's the ultimate small business uh, model. You know, if you yeah. focus on delivering quality to people, then people will trust you. Uh, if you butcher it and you try and take it and use it for other uh, means, then uh, ultimately, well, you won't be trusted. You might be successful, but Apple has always played the long game. They've never played the short game. And yeah. I'm not saying that the rest of them are, but I'd question some of the motives on some of the other platforms where Apple's motive has always been pretty pretty clear. Um, user experience. It's always yeah. been user experience. Make it easy. Make it so, make it so that we're making people's lives easier. Um, and and that, that's it, like the variations of that. And... Um, but I guess as a segue from that, like we had, uh, and this this is coming to what we were we were uh, we were talking about last week with with your mob. Uh, for those of you uh, out there who don't know, um, uh, Jason runs uh, Positive Real Estate, uh, and they do this mentoring uh, for people who are interested in property. And uh, I'd been along to it in the past, uh, but I can tell you what I hadn't seen anything quite this slick since um, since uh, my days on television. Uh, 
I haven't had days on television, but if I had that days on television, <laughs> I would imagine that it would have been this slick. But uh, so we, uh, Jason invited me along to chat to, to his wonderful clients in the mentoring program, which is a, a program that helps people understand property, understand how they can acquire property, how they can run property, manage property, how they can build their wealth through property, but also um, expands into far uh, more in-depth parts of what you need to know. Uh, because in order to, to do anything successfully in life, it's it's not just the, the talent that you need, uh, which might be the, the knowledge around property. There are skill sets that are around mindsets. There's about how do you prepare for it. There's the long game. There's the short game. Um, so these guys actually crush this at a level I've never never seen anybody doing before. Uh, I'm not sure if if we've got it here because I'd love to roll the tape shortly on the intro, but what we focused on uh, during mentoring uh, when Jason invited me in to see the team was how to create a $220,000 tax-free income. So what we're going to do in a minute is actually share uh, or actually answer some of the questions that we couldn't get to in that session. And I promised to do this last week, but unfortunately I was not well. Uh, and uh, so we're going to cover that off this week. But ultimately, this sits behind a strategy that can help people produce um, a $220,000 tax-free income stream uh, later on in life. So, uh, But look, if, if at any point in time you're sitting wondering around about property or wondering how to do it because you can get you can get lost in this world and if you make mistakes, you're talking about big money, but I'd urge you to, to have a look at this uh, because this was one of the best experiences uh, I've had sharing information anywhere in the financial services world, um, not just property. So, mate, if, you, if you've got it, roll the tape and uh, we'll come back and answer the questions on uh, how to build that $220,000 tax-free income. There's the statistics that we listen to and then there's the cold face of what's happening and sometimes there's a big gap between the two and as business owners and investors, it's our job to identify the gap between the garbage that gets spun around and the reality that's on the streets. Uh, basically said Bitcoin going to zero because it's a bag of shit. Now, the, the second part of that sentence I paraphrased. Mate, you were looking a, a little bit sharper and younger there in your pre-lockdown <laughs> pre-lockdown haircut. <laughs> hard, hard, hard to believe it was only you know, six or twelve months ago. But uh, mate, it you, was yes. <laughs> if you can get the intro to that, maybe as we go out, like the intro to the whole session, that would be. Awesome. Oh yes. I'm not sure whether you've got yeah. it in the bank, but super impressive guys. They run this show. It's almost like being part of the project, but uh, the project without. Uh, political bias uh, that's all about education so uh, I'll bring up the questions that that I had but if you were at uh, the mentoring session the other week please uh, let us know that you're here uh, so that um, and then if there are any other questions that came of it happy to to run into those as well uh, but what I'll do is I'll I'll just introduce a concept that we spoke about a lot in uh, in the conversation and one of the concepts that we spoke about during uh, during during the session was, well, superannuation. It's this big uh, un. Everybody knows about superannuation. Everyone has an opinion about superannuation, but not everyone kind of realizes how to put the nuts and bolts of it together. And I think that part of that's by design. But ultimately. What's available to every single one of us is to put money into superannuation over a lifetime 
um, so that when you are 60 and retired or 65 years of age currently, you can access that money 100%. There's no restrictions on how much you can access of it. But if you turn it into what's known as a retirement income stream or a, a pension, a superannuation pension, then the investment returns of that are tax-free and the income from that is tax-free. So every single one of you in Australia, whether you're part of a defined benefit fund or not, whether you've got a self-managed super fund or not, um, you are able to access these benefits. It's a little bit different in the defined benefit world, but there's up to $1.7 million each. So that's each for each person that can, you can have $1.7 million in superannuation that if you choose to at the age of 60 and fully retired or 65 years of age, you can turn that into a superannuation uh, pension, which means that the income is tax-free, the capital gains, a capital gains tax-free, and if it grows beyond 1.7 million, that's fine. If it grows to 2 million or more, that's fine. So if you invest it really wisely, it can be more than that. But the question then becomes really quite difficult because ultimately the government want all of us to be able to retire uh, and they want us to pay for our own retirement. So it would make so much sense to allow us to put as much as we can possibly put into superannuation, wouldn't it? Just put a Y in the chat uh, column or in the chat box, just put a Y if that makes sense to you. It would make sense that the government would allow us to put as much as we possibly can in there so that when we retire, uh, we can retire on there. So, And a Y means yes. Really. Y means just, yes. Not, not a Y-W-H. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah, Stephen, hundred percent. I believe. Uh, I believe it too. But here is one of the most incredulous things that you're going to hear. Uh, my my personal view is that it, it shouldn't matter whether you do that when you're 25, 30, 35, 50, 60. It shouldn't matter. You should be able to get your 1.7 million in, and then they can tax in and around that because. If we do the math, 1.7 million times two people, uh, we can quite easily get you up to you know $3.4 million at a 5% return on that, which is a very attainable type of investment return. Um, you know, you're talking $150,000 to $175,000 worth of tax-free income. Now, everyone should have access to that, but here's the unusual thing, is the government then put all of these restrictions in place which say that you can only put Last year, it was $25,000 worth of deductible contributions. So that's employer contributions for most people. Um, that was $25,000 last year. It's now increased to uh, $27,500 uh, per annum, which can go into super. Now, that's either as what we know as a deductible contribution, which means, or sorry, an employer contribution. So SGC, uh, as we know, so that... If you earn $100,000 from an employer, then they are obliged to pay 10% of that, which means $10,000 into your superannuation each year. But you've got an extra $17,500 a year that you can put in. And if you put that from your personal name, you can claim a deduction for that, right? So that, that, that concept is something which we're going to chat about quite a lot, uh, which will answer a lot of the questions that were posed. But that's the maximum amount you can put in and claim a deduction for. So if you start to do the math on that, you go, well, hang on, Andy, you've just gone $1.7 million. There's a fucking lot of years that I need to be putting $27,500 in in order to get $1.7 million. 
nay, Andy, this is near impossible to do. And I kind of agree with you. Well, um, tell me, folks, uh, if you were just to put $27,500 in per year, how many years would it take? Andy, I've got the answer because I just pulled out my calculator. <laughs> it would take you 61 years. That's crazy, huh? 61, 61 years, folks. Years. So um, it's a good idea, but is it practical? Ah, oh, you're kidding me. You know, they wave, they wave it out there, but can we do it? Yeah. So the, the, the response is it's very challenging to do because, well, 61 years, well, most of us aren't earning a taxable income from the age of one. Uh, <laughs> most of us then manage to, to do extraordinarily stupid things with our money in our 20s and, uh, and late teenage years. So we really only start accumulating for the best part, not those in, in your community, Jace, because they're, they're very uh, business-minded, they're very uh, wealth-minded and they think about the future. So, uh, but there's a gap, right? Fair to say there's a big gap. Now, there's another condition in superannuation, and I'll get into the good stuff in a tick, but these are the important things to just preface beforehand. And by the way, the big disclaimer, this is not financial advice. You've got to take into consideration your own personal circumstances. I'm just feeding you generically what you can visit the ATO website and see. Um, So each year you can make a contribution of up to $100,000 and you can't claim a tax deduction. So that's money that goes straight from your bank account, straight into superannuation. You can't take it back out until 61 and retired or 65 years of age. Uh, it doesn't get taxed as it goes through. The 100K goes in and you can invest that. So that's already tax being paid on that because you you earned it and you paid it in your personal name and you can put $100,000 per annum up to a maximum of? Oh, sorry, it's 110. Sorry, Jace, I'm in my old world because I keep changing the damn rules. Um, uh-huh. Pretty much like COVID. Uh, <laughs> but uh, 110,000 a year. And under certain conditions, and I won't go into all of them right now, but it, it may be possible for you to put anywhere up to 330,000 in a single year. You have to qualify for certain, uh, certain super balances in order to be able to do this. Uh, And here is where the puzzle really starts to take place. And here's where people really need to start to look at their super. And and I guess if you weren't part of mentoring first, you should be, it'd be a great place for you to be. But second, start looking at super more as a reverse engineer it. Say, how much do I need to retire? And then start to look at how you can get it in there. Because that is one of the biggest challenges, believe it or not. Well, that I mean, that is the question, isn't it, Andy? It's not like, should I? It's like, yeah, you should. How do you get it in there? How, how do you, the timing of it, when, when do you start? Um, you know, um, how do you get it in and um, the strategy around it? Because that's, um, yeah, and Chris asked the question, is that 110 each, Andy? Yes, that, that yep. would be um, accurate. Yeah, yeah. 100%, 110,000 each, uh, and that's 330,000 potentially each as well. But here's the thing. If you do the 330,000, then you cannot make another post-tax contribution for three years so three full financial years so if you made it you know on the 29th of june as an example and it hit your accounts within the financial year then you've got two two financial years and a couple of days and then you can you may be able to do it again yeah but even then you're probably sitting there going 1.7 million like andy i don't always have a spare three hundred and thirty thousand dollars sitting around and that's fair to say is that you don't. So 
the government may put up there the 1.7 million, you know, this is the big thing to be able to hit. But the reality is that you, you really need to start to think about planning it. And so we went through some incredible strategies that property investors can use in order to be able to create this $220,000 tax-free income. There's other stuff because I know I've only given you a piece of the pie here. If you do want to uh, find out more about that, like put um, uh, tell me more, hashtag tell me more into the chat and uh, one of Jason's team will uh, reach out and help you out with it uh, because there, there's other parts to it. But with the $1.7 million each, that's uh, $3.4 million per couple or if, you're, if it's just you, it's $1.7 million for you. Uh, but if you are a part of a couple, that's uh, you know uh, 3.4. If you've got a polyamorous relationship, I guess it's you can potentially access even more than that. Well, uh, Andy, um, can't you uh, can't you have up to six members in a, a small super fund now too? So you you could at some point include other family members as well. But that's probably getting off the point here. But you can. <laughs> it's, it's a it's a good thought. It's a good thought. <laughs> and we may or may not do that. Uh, so. <laughs> There are ways that you can start, and this is it. Go to the end. Always reverse engineer your end goal. That, that, that's what I love to do. That's what you love to do in your business. I know you talk about that with your team, and that's why you wear the shirt powered by purpose You know, because the end game is it has a financial component, but usually it's about quality of life, happiness, you know, joy, all of these sorts of things, and then it's what is it going to take for you to get there. Yeah. So... Uh, look, that, that's a bit of the frame, and I know I've, I've spent some time to frame that up, but uh, but it was important in order to be able to have the rest of the conversation. So there there were a number of questions that then came out from mentoring. So hopefully you guys are in there, and if not, maybe uh, maybe Jason the team can share this in uh, on how to develop the two hundred and twenty thousand dollars tax free income. Um, totally. We did have. Yeah. We did have a, a couple of questions, and look, if you are part of mentoring, you want to see it again. Again, just put it, uh, type it into the the chat field into, and we'll uh, we'll we'll help you out with that. Yeah, the team know go. they've got a they've got their uh, positive mentor app, and you can watch the replay for the mentoring program, Andy. Um, you can watch Andy on replay endlessly if you'd like. Um, <laughs> what, what a horrific thought! <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. So, Andy, we've got fifteen questions here that were follow up questions from the night. Do you want me to read them out? Um, Mate, if you want to, yep, uh, yeah, I've got them in front of me, but let's let's yeah. go. Now I'm not quite sure they're in in a sequence, but I think you've answered question number two already. So, um, what's the maximum you can put in per year? It has increased to twenty seven and a half thousand dollars. Um, and uh, just a, a little add on that, I think, um, Andy, it will increase over time, isn't it? The government's thinking of sort of increasing it over time to a a certain percentage. The, these are indexed, but indexing can go positively and negatively as well uh, so it uh -huh. could actually go down depending on uh but we would expect over time that that will go up as inflation and wages go up over time uh that yep. should go up that's the reason why previously it was 1.6 million that you could put in each and now it's gone to 1.7 because it was indexed and it uh and it was indexed up so 100 percent you can per person 100, uh, sorry, $27,500 is your total deductible contribution. They're called concessional contributions uh, in superannuation and they're available per member or per person. doesn't matter whether you're a member of a self-managed super fund, an industry fund, a bank fund, a retail fund, uh, that's available to everyone. And that goes in taxed at 15%, Andy. And what a lot of yep. people don't realise, actually, is that um, – 
inside of a super fund, you can still receive uh, tax deductions uh, inside the super fund. So with uh, real estate, I, I know a lot of people in their world of um, owning some real estate when it's appropriate, um, they get their depreciation, their tax deductions inside their super funds and, and many of their super funds are paying a lot less than 15% on the way in as well. So um, ultimately, um, it's a nice way to minimise that 15% even further. Um, you know, in the single digits. So yeah, look, it is it is absolutely possible to get that close to zero over time with the right sorts of strategies. And again, yep. as you said, at the right time, at because right time. you anybody who's watched us for long enough realised yeah. that we 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 beat up the politicians a little bit, and that's because the politicians can't can't leave it alone. They're like a teenage boy; they cannot stop touching things that are within their control. And uh, and so, realistically, I believe that one of the biggest risks to financial strategies, all of them, is the government uh, and, and legislation. Yeah, they're yep. maniacs. Yep, yep. <laughs> You're dead right. So uh, next question. Uh, so is this applicable to private and or government super schemes? Like um, the rules apply across, you know, all of them, right? Uh, effectively, they do. So it, but when you're talking about defined benefit funds, uh, and it's far broader than this conversation because it does get quite complex. If you've got a defined benefit fund, uh, there's not that many of them around, but they do operate in the government sector and uh, and in the military they're common, police force sometimes they're common, some, some medical fields. Uh, you might have a defined benefit fund, right? And they will call it. So you can ask your fund, is it a defined benefit fund? If it is a defined benefit fund, you will need to find out from them the calculation of your benefits. Uh, it'd be wise for you to speak to an advisor because it's complex. Uh, there's incredible benefits you get for some of these defined benefit funds. So mm. I wouldn't be rolling out of them or rushing to roll out of them. I'd seek to understand them and how to maximize them, but you're probably going to need an advisor to do it. Yeah. Um, I don't like operating with them because they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're quite difficult to understand uh, at times. But you have sim you, basically you have the same rules of which apply as far as deductible amounts and things like that but the calculation of how they are applied is very very different yep. so uh do need to be careful there but whether you've got a self-managed super fund a retail super fund um uh, a, a an industry super fund uh it's available to all of you the same way perfect mate um nice um so one of these ones, I think we kind of answered it, which was when does the one-off for like 300K come into account? Like, is it like 300K and then you got to wait three years and you can do another 300K? Like, how does it work? So they've got, <laughs> they've got the carry forward and the and uh, I, I, I'm going to butcher the language here because let, let, let me tell you a little bit of something. So <laughs> so they make up uh, the language to confuse everyone so they don't use it maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, look. We've had the same types of contributions in super since I started in the game in early 2000. Yeah. Right? Um, I know most of you are saying, Andy, you don't look that old. And look, <laughs> God love you. You're right. I started young. But the government have changed the name of the contribution. So that employer contribution is now called a concessional contribution. It used to be called... Um, a deductible contribution because you claimed a tax deduction. It's gone through three name changes, but it hasn't changed. But the they've changed thing. the name of it three times, each time more esoteric than the last. Oh. Uh, so this is, and this is where I say finance actually isn't uh, that 
difficult. The, the government quite often makes it difficult because of the legislation they put on it, but sometimes it's just the naming of it makes it hard to understand. But uh, effectively, uh, where was I on that one? I was going somewhere with it. It was... It's okay. It's 300K in one go. Can oh, you wait yeah, three years? Yep. yep. It's bring so, forward. Yep. There are rules that apply and they're, they're based on the balance of your superannuation fund. Yep. Right. So if you're above the what's known as the uh, the uh, transitional balance cap, uh, right, which is that $1.7 million, then you can't do these non-concessional contributions in these amounts anymore. Right, you've got to look at what you can contribute once you once you pass certain balances in your super, the rules change. Uh, but let's if you are under the balance, then if you do three hundred and thirty thousand dollars out of your pocket straight into your super this year, then for the next three financial years, including the one that you're in, you cannot make another post-tax contribution. Right, but you so can money, still do your twenty-seven and a half thousand. You can still yep. do your twenty-seven yep. and a half thousand up to the. And, well, look, you can still do it. You're just going to get taxed, right? And yep. it doesn't yep. make any sense. No, from, up from to my perspective, fifty percent or something, isn't it? Yeah, the tax is ludicrous. Yep. So you, so if it, so, the financial year that you make the contribution plus another two, those are the three years, right? That you're bringing, you're bringing that the the next two years worth of contributions, you're bringing that into this year. Yeah, right, which means you can't make those contributions for the next two years, but the next financial year after that, gloves are off. As long as you can satisfy the the, the ability to be allowed to make that contribution and that uh, that bring forward, then then you can potentially roll the dice again. And and that's a it's a good question because it's a good strategy to be thinking about. Um, and now, if you're thinking about property and other assets, you know you should be going, oh. Okay, well, oh, you know, 1.7 million. Okay, well, there's 330 here, there's 330 there. You know, what's the timing of it all? And if your brain's yeah. going into those areas, then your brain's going to the right area. <laughs> That's good. Well, uh, one of these ones, I think we answered it, but, you know, does the 1.7 million increase each year? Um, I ha how does it sort of, how, how, is that, how does that increase? Is it indexed? Is, or, it's it's indexed. So it, it should. Uh, as long as you know inflation and wage growth is still there, it should go up over time. Yeah. Uh, so they'll keep indexing that. To what extent? Who knows, right? It, it'll all depend on how how the economy grows. Should it grow? Um, uh, if it shrinks in certain areas, there's a the potential that it might actually come backwards. Um, so yes, it's indexed. So yep, it's indexed. Nice. Um, so uh, what? Uh, so is it if you own a property but you've got a mortgage on it, does that, you know, if your mortgage is $600,000 but you only, you know, you've only put in two hundred grand on it um, and you only own $200,000 of that, is that deemed you only owe, own $200,000 of the property or does that crack the $500,000 limit? Like, Yeah, so and this, this is really interesting. This is one uh, that that does trap people uh, and you really need to be, especially going into retirement, you really need to be careful of this because this is where leverage is is potentially not your friend Yeah, uh, because it is your gross assets in the fund, not the net assets in the fund, right? And so if you do have loans, they can actually work against nugget. you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It, it's in some cases, in some cases, and we, we have done this for, you know, clients we've had to, sell down things in order to get rid of loans so that what we've got is the true reflection of what's actually in the fund. 
Um, mm. Hopefully that changes over time, but uh, I I would say that it's not on the cards at this stage. Not on the cards, yeah. Good question. Yeah. Really good question. Yeah, and and obviously, you know, the if you own some shares, it's the value of the shares at that moment in time, obviously. Um, well, no, at, so the dates are usually as at the end of the financial year. Ah, okay. Now they can vary. So again, this is this is if you're if you're anywhere near these, it's it's a very good idea to seek some sort of advice. Yep. Um, or look up the legislation and be confident in it, but still speak to a professional <laughs> because you're talking if you're talking in these sorts of sums, you're talking about enough that if you mess it up, you you're going to make a right mozza of it, right? Pay for quality advice in order to make sure that you make the right decisions. That it doesn't have to be through me; it can be through anybody. But um, I would urge you to get the right advice. But, um, but I'd urge you to talk yeah. to Andy Fenton if you're thinking about it, you lot. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but uh, so yeah, it's generally as at the end of the financial year because it's so hard. Like think about self-managed super fund. Mm. On how much is it? On what day? Like shares can go up and down in value, so they need to pick a point in time where they can do the analysis. Generally, it's the end of the financial year. Yeah, and we, we say that often, Andy, with uh, you know folks listening in. If you ever move out and move back into your principal place of residence, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to go away for a few years and then move back in. You have a six years capital gains tax-free like window, but you should get a valuation on the day you move out and the day oh. you move back in um, because your accountant uh, – will be very unhappy if you say, oh, take a guess, try and make it up, whatever. They won't do it for you. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Just any time you change, any time you transact or any time you change the purpose of the, the property, you should be getting, any time you renovate, you should always get a valuation uh, because there's deductions that you can, and this is so often missed even by accountants. Um, they don't understand to do this, but there yeah. there are points in time when then whenever there's major, and this is my side of the game, but whenever there are major changes in the way that you own assets, you should always be evaluating those assets at those points in time, because uh, and understanding the reason why is really important. But uh, yeah, look if you whenever you change the the value of a property, seek the right advice. But but if if in doubt figure it out and get the valuation done because nine times out of 10, it's going to uh, benefit you. Totally. Sometimes a very supportive value is important and sometimes a very uh, conservative <laughs> value is important. Oh, I'm, I'm not really sure what you mean by that, Jason. But uh... Knowing the right value is important. All right. Uh, shall we move on? Um, <laughs> now, um, you know, Andy, what can you do? You talked about this magical balance of $500,000 for a person kind of under $500,000, like there's all this kind of structuring and strategy we can do. But what happens if you're over $500,000? What's the kind of, you know, yeah, we get it under, but what happens if you're over? It's a great question, Jason, because you, you'd sit there and you go, well, if I've got $500,000 in, in super, is it enough for the rest of my life? Mm. Well, for most of us, it's going to be no. No, yeah. Right, and and let's let's fast forward twenty years where there's no government pension, or there's unlikely going to be a government pension, or if there is, it's probably going to be food stamps, or God knows what's going to happen. But their goal is to abolish the pension the way that it is right now. That's what super is for, self-funded. Um, so, where did five hundred thousand dollars come from as a number? 
bugger if I know Jason. It sounds like a whole number to me. It sounds like somebody just yep pulled it straight out of the uh, the secondary speaking hole, uh, the one that is quite often less articulate, and uh, and they pulled that out. God knows why. I have absolutely no idea. I can't figure it out. Nobody's been able to give me a reasonable answer for it. But uh, when we're talking about a carry forward. And so there's, there is, you can go to the ATO website and you can see this. I'll, I'll whack something up on the screen here uh, that kind of illustrates the point. So we talked about the post-tax contributions you can make uh, from your bank account. But if we look at the deductible contributions, so your employer contributions, and then if you decide to top that up um, and claim a deduction for it, you can carry these forward for up to five years. And, and let me just show you what I'm talking about here. Well, Somebody's calling me on the on the uh, FaceTime. Let me just get rid of that, Andy. <laughs> just make sure it's not ASIC. <laughs> it's not ASIC. No, not this time. Not this no, time. No, no, I, just, I thought I thought it might have been for me, but you, folks, you can you can go to the uh, to the ATO website to to get all of this data. Uh, that's where I got it from. Uh, but this is just a very generic scenario that I decided to to pull together just to illustrate what I'm talking about here. 2018-19, that's the first year that this came into play and that you're allowed to do what we call carry forward unused contributions. Now, this I think is smart. This is really smart. It's basically saying if you don't earn uh, a $275,000 income, which means that your employer has to pay you $27,500 into your super every year, mm, yeah, you can carry forward for up to five years what you have not contributed so if you're unemployed for a year as an example you can then carry that amount forward so here's sort of how it works let's just say that you had your concessional contribution via your employer right uh and that's ten thousand dollars well you've got fifteen thousand dollars in that year because remember jason it wasn't twenty seven thousand back then it was twenty five so you've got yeah. the, you've got the fifteen you can carry it forward right so that means you've got an extra 15,000. So the next year, if you still do a 10,000, well, you haven't used 15,000 uh, of it, but in that year, you can actually top up that 10,000. You could make $30,000 worth of contributions, meaning you could make $20,000 of contributions out of your pocket and claim a tax deduction for that. All right, let's go forward again. Next year, we're now 2021. And again, We've uh, unused fifteen thousand, which means we're now at forty-five thousand dollars that we could, uh, which is unused in that year. So anyway, we keep on going forward, and we've now got the twenty-seven and a half thousand dollars. Right. So in this year, in theory, we could make forty thousand dollars worth of contributions, mm. right, if we wanted to. Right. Let's keep fast forwarding, and we're twenty uh, twenty-two, twenty-three. There's seventeen and a half thousand dollars now that uh, we can carry forward, which means that our carry forward is fifty. Which means in this year, in theory, because it's the five years, so one, two, three, four, five years plus the year that you're in, right? And guys, seek advice around this. Like if you're talking about these sorts of sums, you should seek professional advice because we're talking about reasonable sums of money here, and it makes yeah. a big difference. But that. That person could make $77,000 worth of deductible contributions into their super fund at that point in time. I, I, sorry, I should have gone like this. 
because you can't see because my fat head's in the way. <laughs> now, this is real. This is a big game changer, Jace, because this is um, this was was not like this pre, you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, but this gives us the ability to be able to create deductions in order to to top up our superannuation balances and make sure that we can put more into super, uh, but also potentially reduce tax at the right time in order to be able to do that. And that's one of the big pieces of the puzzle. Bless you. When we're talking about reverse engineering the future, right, we're talking about, well, Let's get smart about this. If we've had a few years where we've been unemployed or that we've started up a small business, we can bring those forward, gesundheit, um, <laughs> then we've got the ability to be able to start to control our tax destiny. And anybody who's in the game of business or the game of investing, the more you can control your tax destiny, uh, the better you will be as a result of it because it is the number one eroder of wealth is tax. 100%. And you don't get it back in the same proportions that you friggin' paid it. That's what shits me, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'd be happy to I'd be happy to pay 30% if you got it back at that rate when you retired, but hey, it doesn't happen like that. You pay 30% and you get it back at like a half a percent <laughs> like a like a retirement inter- uh, 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 a retirement dividend credit. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, anyway, but uh, but you but you and I know that it erodes our wealth into the future. Um, you know, so there you go. So the reason why I brought up that example is that that part is linked to the five hundred thousand, Jace. Yeah, that part's linked to the five hundred thousand. So your balance has to be under five hundred thousand. You might be going, why, Jace? Why five hundred thousand? As from the as from the second second vocal unit that comes from from down below the belt, I don't know why it's five hundred thousand, but your balance needs to be under that in order to be able to utilize those though, that that type of a strategy. But it's a real key one, and it's so fundamentally important uh, to your journey because you can use that wisely, or you can just smoke through the five hundred thousand dollar barrier, and that's per person, by the way. That's each per person. That's right. When you Combine that, yeah, for if a couple's looking down down that uh, that strategy. Well, that's that's what you know, one hundred and fifty plus thousand dollars worth of potential tax deductions in in a single year. So, uh, but you know, there's multiple things. Again, uh, you should seek advice when doing this sort of stuff. Uh, but directly answering some questions based on information on the ATO uh, website, um, you know that that's uh, that's effectively how you can apply it. That's the one. Um, we did answer this one the other day, but maybe spend, you know, a couple of minutes on that. We've got three more questions and then we might sort of call it quits, Andy. I've got to drive to Brisbane this afternoon to catch up with a couple of people. But um, You allowed into Brisbane, mate? Have they got a border control yeah, between yeah, the Gold Coast and Brisbane? Queensland's yeah. pretty, pretty, uh, pretty flexible. Um, Just making sure, <laughs> That's all right. I'll, I'll wear my mask in the car. Um, <laughs> it, uh, it, it is... What happens if the balance is kind of, you know, exceeding 500K for one partner but not the other? This is a good question. You, know, you talked about sort of this kind of balancing process of, you know, partners and uh, contributions to each other's super. And I thought it was fucking fantastic. Yeah, look, we, we won't go into that right now, but it's another cracker strategy. Uh, but let, let me just say this is if you believe that you're on the journey to be able to get up to $1.7 million in super each, then you should never allow your partner's superannuation to disproportionately grow beyond yours. Yeah. Right. Um, there's so many things, you know, divorce, marriage, all of these sorts of things um, 
that you need to take into consideration. That's why you, you get good advice. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the, the family law court is will reach into basically anything, including your hip pocket, uh, and no. take the cash out of there. They're unbelievable. They've got AI robots that'll come into your pocket and literally take your wallet out of your pocket. Anyway, I, uh, it's the number one, Andy. You know, we say the number one risk you can't control politicians. They're maniacs. Um, the the next biggest financial disaster the average Australian mm. faces, you know, so close to fifty percent is uh, marriage breakdowns, and yep. um, it, it often resets the whole thing. And um, sadly, for a lot of people, um, you know, it's it's a bit of a problem. Yeah. Short of a few bank accounts in Bermuda, there's very little that you can do to protect any asset against it. Um, yep. Uh, and I think that, you know, sometimes you should be able to, sometimes you shouldn't, just depends on the circumstance. Not here to judge, uh, but it, it is. Um, so I, the, the moral of the story is that, that you can have your super taken in a breakup anyway. So my, my thought pattern is, well, equal it out, like make sure that they're the same anyway. over yep. time because then as you pass through a barrier, excuse me, your partner, you'll go through them at the same time. You can strategically align those journeys Incredible strategy sit behind it. Uh, you can do it. Everyone can do it uh, or most people can do it. And uh, just be aware that you can do it. Ask your advisors how. Uh, so you won't have this problem, hopefully. But if your balance is, uh, Jace, if it was you and me and we were, um, we, were, we, were, we were partners and your balance was, was higher, uh, you wouldn't be able to make or you wouldn't be able to use the carry forward, all right, contributions, those extra taxes, but I would. Yeah, yeah, and then you know it, it makes sense to balance it out as as you go. There's also some you know very clever plans that we shared as part of our mentoring program. You know those who aren't in the mentoring program, like Andy said, you should be. Um, and um, you know as buying a property to ultimately potentially use that to transfer wealth from one place to another at the right time. Um, any asset really it doesn't have to be property. It can be any asset that can transfer. Well, from a taxed environment to a non-tax environment, um, there's some great strategies around that. Um, so, uh, you know, there you go. Last one, and I think uh, we'll we'll sort of leave it at that, Andy. Which is um, which is maybe a little bit of a technical question, but uh, you know, what if you have a property in your super and you want to sort of demolish it and rebuild? Um, <laughs> you know, um, thoughts around that. There's kind of that's kind of not necessarily a question that it, that we're talking about but you know it was there you know you have to do it in cash at the moment you can't sort of lend yeah uh yeah look my, my response to that is go and seek good advice uh, <laughs> because it's a it's i've spoken to professionals who say you can i've spoken to professionals who say you can't um i say unless you get a good ruling from the ato well in advance of doing it you shouldn't even mm. try it because the ramifications of breaching some of these laws when it comes to self-managed super funds is uh, is they literally take the full marginal tax rate and they put it across the whole of your fund and can basically wipe out half of your wealth or close to half of your wealth. So the ramifications are serious. It's, um, it's a pretty intense question. Um, and I guess the best way I can respond to it is that there are people who, who say that there are ways of doing it and there are people who say that it's not possible. Uh, and really, if you're even considering it, you should be chatting to some very, very, very capable human beings. And my tip on this is get the okay from the ATO first 
before uh, making big decisions. It might be a, a lot more simple uh, than what I'm thinking about in regards to this, but anytime major renovations or potential construction of property that is sitting in a self-managed super fund, you really need to get great tax, legal and financial advice in order to be able to do it. The ramifications are far too aggressive uh, for you not to do it. And, uh, and if you don't know the answer to it, it means that you really need to be consulting people. Yeah, and, and that's a good thing. I mean, a lot of people kind of often say, oh, well, the ATO is the enemy. Well, sometimes you sort of got to, you know, protect yourself in, in the smartest way possible and understand the rules. However, you can ask them, um, totally. what if I did this and what if I did that? That's part of, the, that's part of what we pay for as taxpayers. They're, they're meant to give us some guidance in one way, shape, or form. Because, folks, just so everybody knows, our tax system in Australia is what's called a self-assessable tax system. That's what it's called. The law yeah. says we, as the individual, self-assess based on the rules. Now, Andy, you and I know there's about 65,000 fucking pages of confusing <laughs> tax law. According to Uncle Kerry, uh, and, he's and, got some potentially contradictory <laughs> tax law. Contradictory. So that's yeah. why you do need a few advisors. But the point is, which you made a great point, is if you get to a point where it's a bit confusing or, or, or untangible, you can ask the ATO to give you a ruling, a private tax ruling that you can rely on um, for a decision that you're going to make. So uh, I, I think that's great. I've done it multiple times myself, Andy. Um, once or twice it hasn't worked out so great, folks. I'll tell you a story about that later, not today. We don't have time for that one. It's one of those things I've, I've had <laughs> I've had a few uh, people that I've worked with over different points in time at a, at a pretty high level, uh, you know, and we're talking about significant sums who basically said, look, uh, an ATO ruling's like a, uh, uh, like a prenuptial. Um, <laughs> it's not worth the paper it's written on. <laughs> it's, not, it's not worth the paper that it's written on. It depends on how big of the pain in the ass you've created in the process. Yeah. Uh, and that, that, was, that was actually from, uh, from well, it, that, let me just say that it, it, if you think that that's a sexist remark, it actually came from the opposite side. Because, uh, <laughs> and I didn't mean for it to be in any way, shape, or form. It's it's really just a matter of how challenging that they can become. Yeah. But look, I, I think they're they're cracker questions, Jason. I'm sorry we didn't get to it last week. I hope that all the the team from your mentoring sessions are uh, are on and and have received the benefit of that. And if not, that they they listen to it. If you've managed to find the uh, the, the intro for it. Uh, I'd love to give it a plug because I've never actually seen anything like this. And if you do have the intro, you, you'll see what I mean. It is literally an experience that's like sitting down, watching the project, but instead of having people and look, they're all right, you know, it's entertaining. Um, <laughs> but instead of watching the same BS every week that's talking about intangible things that you can't control, uh, I'd, I'd say that you should really have a good look at this because it, this is stuff that you can control. Uh, at least your part in the journey, and uh, and rather than switching on, uh, you know, the idiot box for uh, for you know half an hour to an hour on a Monday night, maybe you should switch on the smart box and uh, and listen to this. So, uh, if you've got the intro, mate, just give it a roll. Well, let me see if I've got the right video, Andy. Um, stick with me, folks, for for one minute. <laughs> I think it is. It will be, but I need to skip it. Here we go. Tonight on Mentoring, 
How does a $220,000 tax-free income sound? Too good to be true, folks? Some would say. Well, think again. Not here at Positive Real Estate. Our special guest tonight is financial planner Andy Fenton, who will reveal all on how to achieve that tax-free income into the future if you follow a good design plan. Plus, Sam Sagas is out of lockdown, bursting with some investing gold. And we'll shoot down to Melbourne for an update with our head of coaching, Tabitha Bright. Pop the popcorn, folks. Slip on the oak boots and get ready for another bumper edition of Positive Mentoring. But I think that's a cracker way to spend uh, a Monday night, and it was a pleasure to be a part of it, mate, uh, and just to see how far... Uh, People and this game. Let's let's bookend this with the Apple process, mate. Because one of the things I've loved about you is you always push the boundaries of trying to figure out how to deliver better and better service for the people that you serve. Uh, and quite legitimately, mate, um, we've been just recently nominated uh, for Innovator of the Year uh, amongst you know uh, 250, I think, financial advisory groups. Where we're, we're trying to track track you down and chase you down as far as your technological advancements in education and, and how you serve your clients. But by that that was by far and away the best I've ever seen uh, anywhere in Australia and, well, actually in the world, but I haven't had that much experience abroad. But uh, my my advice was be, would be if that you're, you're thinking about getting into the investing game, then uh, you should be tuning into Jason and his mob and, uh, and you know, spending time on the smart box rather than the idiot box. And uh, you're never, ever, ever in the world going to lose out if you spend the time educating yourself. It is by far and away the best investment that anybody can make as long as you continue to use it and you continue to do it to become smarter, stronger and, uh, and, and wear the knocks along the way, mate. So it was, it was a privilege to be a part of it. I think more people should be a part of it. And uh, mate, good on you for for leading the way in what is uh, what's incredible. Mate, maybe we might even be able to get wine and wisdom up to that level. <laughs> <laughs> we, we might get the team under it, Andy. We might get the team under it. Let's see, let's see. But uh, mate, as always, great to hang out with you. Appreciate you adding value to our community. I have drank my glass of wine now, folks. I've got to drive, so I'm not going to have another one. Um, a little bit left. <laughs> but uh, yeah, mate, good to hang out with you. And um, you know, I know our community loves uh, what you've uh, you've been adding to our uh, our educational space for you know number of years now, over five years. So, mate, um, you know, love uh, love that stuff. Appreciate you. Appreciate everyone joining us tonight as well. Uh, we had a bunch of uh, of people jumping on tonight. So great to see people all the way from Spain, even um, dialing in. Hopefully, there was some value. Maybe an expat or two. Hola, amigo. <laughs> Como esta? <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right, well, I think it's a, a good night from him. And it's a good night from me. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye.